This episode of Neon Black is brought to you by Fender Play Still. Our good friends over at Fender have developed the complete learning app for guitar, bass, and ukulele. Um, I'm now probably like two and a half months into this. I've been <laughs> kind of documenting my progress on here. And I can now play three whole songs, which is, uh, wow. I know, it's pretty rad. I'm impressed, actually. I, I, it's You know, I've been actually able to fit it into my schedule, too. It's, it's, it's actually really a good learning system. But within minutes, you could be playing classic and hit songs from The Stones, Foster the People, Paramore, and even maybe The Weeknd. I love The Weeknd. Fender Play's library features thousands of lessons that teach skills, songs, and riffs in just minutes. It's even got a progress tracker and a supportive online community to help keep your musical momentum up. All this, and it's less than $10 a month, and there's even a free trial. So what are you waiting for? Grab your guitar, bass, or ukulele, and start your free trial of Fender Play at fender.com forward slash neon black. Neon Black, I'm Shane Gilmore. I'm Seb Weber. And I'm Ryan Jiso. And today, we go in on a little bit of uh, some Oasis, some Oasis Radiohead beef. I love that shit. You actually get Seb's best interpretation of Liam Gallagher's- Now then, now then, now then. <laughs> Twitter voice. <laughs> Fucking up, kid. <laughs> uh, we, talk about, we talk about Halloween just crushing everything at the box office. And congratulations to Jamie Lee Curtis for- The original hermaphrodite. The original hermaphrodite. <laughs> Fake news. first ever hermaphrodite. <laughs> don't, don't. We talk about rumors at school that, you know, yeah. before the internet. Um, yeah, the original viral rumors. We talk about uh, the lack of quality control uh, from the quality control releases, and the end, the possible end of. Uh, I think the beginning of the, the beginning end of, of the, the, end. The, 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 the at least the, the the start of the decline. It's like when Napoleon was in Russia, and he he and he just figured out that all the buildings were burned down. He's like, "Fuck, okay, I'm gonna have to spend the winter here." That's what it feels like. We also talk about the rise of Khalid. Yeah, yeah, R and B, young, very young, with twenty years old, twenty years old. And then uh, we talk in in a little bit of detail about the Pusha T Joe Budden interview, where Pusha T kind of unearths all the questions we had about uh, the good releases, as well as the Drake beef, and how we all came away from that. Actually, really admire, really, really admire Pusha more now. Oh yeah, a lot more. Pusha already won twenty eighteen for me. There's yeah, no, like there's that's, no. That's Pusha the rapper. <laughs> now Pusha the person. In general, I like Pusha the person. In general. Push the purse. You can catch us every Tuesday and Friday on controlforever.com. Email us at neonblack at controlforever.com. We will answer your emails. Yeah, I think we're gonna do the we're gonna do our first mailbag in the next couple of weeks. Yo, and for anyone listening on the old podcast, hit that subscribe button. And I'm gonna give a special shout out. We haven't done this before, but I'm giving a special shout out to our boy Mikey, who has listened to all 55 episodes so far. He's the guy. Thank you, Mikey. Mike, Mike Catherwood? He's our super fan. Mikey Galvin, super Mikey, fan. Mikey G. Uh, Thanks, Mikey G. Cool. Neon Black. Culture cards. Boom.
Elon Musk news. But he should, you know, Elon, if we ever, well, A, because Seb's an owner in, in uh, which company? Tesla? Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elon needs to give us some love eventually. <clears throat> uh, we finally have an announced date on the Hyperloop in LA. And wow. it's a lot sooner than everybody thought it would be. In typical Elon fashion. December eh? 10th. Oh, shoot. I just read, though, it goes from Hawthorne to LAX. Isn't that the same space? No. Uh-uh. Okay. LAX. It's, it's, and it's also just the test one. Yeah, Correct. it's, it's probably, a smaller one, yeah. Hawthorne's close, so it's probably only so 10 I'm miles, trying maybe? to figure this out. What's the difference between Hyperloop and the Boring Company? I think they potentially are the same thing. They utilize the same tunnels. I know the No, hy- it's a Hyperloop's above ground. No, is it? No, it's below. Yeah. It's tunnels. Uh, no, it's maybe. tunnels. No, Hyperloop's above ground. Well, they're saying they're saying according to this. At uh, least the initial mocks are above ground. Maybe they're just doing that for display. But, but from what I understand, no, that that was old. The one that he originally proposed that like he was even talking about doing like a Vegas one and like all this shit. That's old. Uh, go ahead, Seb. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was this. I thought there was two versions, right? One where you kind of get put in a tube, they suck out the air, and they blast you somewhere. Um, Oh yeah, that is above ground. I think I, th- you know what? It's if anybody knows, please let us know. Um, but the boring company is where you kind of drive your car and you go underground, and then it takes you. Yeah, it's going to be above ground. Yeah. If anything, it would be like a high rise type situation. Um, but I mean, that's pretty I have cool. not seen any of those in in Hawthorne or LAX. It's below ground, man. I'm telling you. Watch they it talk, he talk, they talk about it in the release that the tunnels are dug. I fu- I fucking love the fact that he always just says yeah, they just started out as a hobby. You know, I, I just—it's just crazy. I've—I've I've had friends that have worked for him in various capacities. You know, he burns people out fast. Oh and it, yeah, of course. He's just like he demands. I've got friends that work for him too. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we we did an interview with your your buddy Dan Dilla. Oh yeah. Um, I've also been at a dinner where he's turned up rolling off his tits. It was really funny. Elon. Yeah. Telling me about the Gigafactory. Elon likes to party. Uh, he does like to party. But you know what? This is the, I, I only real. I maybe have mentioned this once, but I only realized this recently. If you think about all the thing that Elon does, he's got the thing underground, he's got the thing on ground, and he's got the thing in space. Mm-hmm. It's pretty like. Well, he's tackled every angle of transportation. Yeah, that's amazing. Essentially, yeah, which is really cool. So, I'm in. I, I, would you guys go and? Uh, Fuck yeah, absolutely. The whole thing's amazing. Hawthorne to LA. I know, right? For no reason. <laughs> just like, yeah, I'm gonna go from Hawthorne to LAX. Yeah. The, Isn't the, Hawthorne, the people of Hawthorne are really excited? Hawthorne they... was the city like that the Hughes company started in, right? I think it was. Uh, where all the original Hughes stuff was at. Well, SpaceX oh, is in Hawthorne. Howard Hughes, Interesting enough. Well, yeah, Howard Hughes, his company, the yeah. Hughes, where they would build all the all the space shit. But SpaceX yeah. is in Hawthorne. Hawthorne's I mean, depending on where it they, is. Oh, you know what? They took. I think they took over a lot of the old Hughes stuff, actually. That no. makes sense. Yeah. Hawthorne's probably, yeah, five miles from LAX. Not far. Yeah, it makes this, total this is just the test, the test tunnel, they're saying. It makes total sense. I can't believe more cities It's still hilarious. What's the other one where your car goes on the on the tray or whatever? I, I think that's probably going to be the same thing, they're utilizing the tunnel space. That one's definitely underground. I know yeah. that one for sure. Uh but you know that came about because of where he li- he lives right there, and he's like, "Oh, traffic." It's yeah. like because it's like Hollywood to, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's got to take the four hundred five to the one ten every day, <laughs> which is a terrible combination for anyone that doesn't live in LA. Elon's managed to stay in stay in the news lately f- for the right reasons. Good for him. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I said this before when we were when everyone was panning him for his Joe Rogan interview. I, I had no problem with it personally. 
He's out there, but that's oh, what makes him it, great. But, but that's if it, it, if it was just the Joe Rogan interview, he wouldn't have taken that much flack. It was everything leading up to that, and then that was just that—that that was the tipping point. Yeah, and there are some things you can't do when you're a publicly traded company. Like, <laughs> he shouldn't uh, have let. I, I, you should have never let uh, Azalea Banks in the door. That's yeah. That was that's your first. I still don't think he knew that she was even. <laughs> he, is, he probably still has <laughs> he no, no idea. idea. He's still just like, huh? It's like. You know, I'm. You know, he knows who she is. If he, if he was, I like wouldn't know into she, dating hey, crimes. If she was, if she was cruising around at a party, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recognize her. Azalea Banks, like she's not like a super famous fucking rapper. She's famous for being a train wreck. Like, yeah, if you're at a party, she's probably the waitress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, in 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 a, in a scenario where it's uh, where it's good band on band violence. At least in the Twitter sphere, our boy Liam Gallagher popped up. Good old, good old Liam on a little, a little drunken rant about uh about Radiohead. What, what era? What year is he living in? <laughs> He's so rad. I love him. So you can't ninety yeah, nine. Yeah. The, the, the tweets really don't make sense. You can tell he was wasted, but it basically actually, you know, Seb, you need to read these since you're British. Like a uh, in Manchester language, <laughs> so. So I'm in this crazy house. Every fucker is banging on about radio play. Please help. Is that Bummerclaw? Some, <laughs> some tune called Creepy Fucker. Planet Tickle. I'm out. <laughs> the middle, the rapping in the middle of the bends, taking the fucking piss. How the fuck did these Teds get big? That's my Liam Gallagher impression. Um, what is he, a pikey? I don't know what he is. He's awesome is what he is. He is awesome. This this comes after... Uh, what album in- is the fucking Karma Police on? <laughs> 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 Come on, you cunts. Karma Police. Car- like, Karna. What year, Karna. What year is it? And like, why hasn't he figured out Spotify yet? Or Apple Music? Or this is after... I mean... Well, Leo- why does he need to know the album? <laughs> that's why I'm like, that's the thing that threw me the most. It sounds like he has Siri on Twitter or something. <laughs> like his whole Twitter feed looks like he left Siri on and Twitter, t- Siri is just tweeting oh whatever he's God. saying. Well, Noel back in 2015 uh, had some funny comments about had some funny comments about Radiohead as well. He made a comment along the lines of those uh, <laughs> if Tom York was fucking shit into a light bulb, it would get a nine out of a ten. <laughs> so there's like I think what these guys here's the thing I think Oasis uh, specifically I, I I'm going to take so much shit for this for saying this I really empathize with a lot of what Liam does like I understand it even though he's a fucking mess but and I think it's just the pretentious aspect of, of music that really mm-hmm. gets to him and I think like Tom York is a pretentious dude you can't argue that he's a fucking genius but he's also like he's not though he's really not. Tom York's not pretentious. No, I don't think he's pretentious. I think it's that fucking one. He takes himself seriously. Takes himself very very seriously. seriously. That's I okay mean, though. Was, that doesn't make him pretentious if you take yourself seriously. Yeah, I guess, but I guess I you're think, right. I guess you, you're do, right. Do you, do you think Tom York's a rock star? No. Like Which I wouldn't want. But that's what's dope about. That's what's dope about him. About him. Because he's not like, he's not being something that like Gallagher's like the last real rock star. Like what came after Chris Martin? Not a rock star. I mean, he is a rock star, but not a. By the way, while you're gone, we talked about uh, we talked about Coldplay's 20th anniversary documentary. You excited for it? I want to stay on Oasis, but I just want to ask you if you're excited about the Coldplay thing, real quick. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Actually, I've seen it. Oh, you but, saw it already? Yeah. The thing, nice. the thing with oh, of course, I'm in it. 
Dine, uh, dine, dine the, the problem is the the thing that's hard about this whole thing when you're when you're taking shots at Radiohead, who's you can't argue that they've had what twenty five years of success now, twenty years. Yeah, of success? a long time. Long okay, time. they've been in, and Hold and on. they don't put out bad albums. They haven't put out anything bad. Hey, can you uh, answer an argument for us right now? Is the boring <laughs> is the boring company and Hyperloop the same thing? No, they are not. Okay, I told you. So is it Virgin? But- but <laughs> they are very similar, <laughs> and it's intentional. Okay, all right. So who? So Hyperloop so, is a company. So itself. Hyperloop isn't the thing that Elon's launching in December. No, it is. No, no, he's doing the boring. He's doing a, the tunnel, the boring thing. Boring no, it's a, Hyperloop is what's launching. Yeah, but he is gonna. He is gonna put transport in the tunnels. Yeah, which is going to be very similar to Hyperloop technology. Told you. Going in the tunnels. All right. Is the Hyperloop above ground? Is the Hyperloop above You've been to the Hyperloop in Vegas, right? You went to that one. Yeah, I've been to the test site a few times. All right. Is it, and it's above ground mostly? Yeah, but they're, they're having a whole myriad of problems with that. Cause the, re- the regulations to get to get the land above ground is, is like a nightmare, which is one of the reasons they're going for a contract in Saudi or India before the U.S., Ah, uh, that makes sense. Where right. Elon's been playing very smart and is doing it underground. <laughs> ah, so now we know. Right, here you go. Well, thank you. You just helped me on my podcast, and I'll see you this weekend. Okay, yeah. All right. This wasn't on a podcast, right, Seb? <laughs> no, you're not on the pod. Don't worry. But you're helping me You're helping me answer it for the intro of the podcast. But you're on the pod. Awesome. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to text you later about what Stella wants for her that day. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So that, that that's an undisclosed uh, employee of of, uh, <laughs> of what Tesla? No comment. I don't want to get her in trouble. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go back to the, let's go back to Gallagher. Sorry, I didn't mean let's to. Let's go back to Gallagher. No, you're so, okay. So yes, is it the last? Are they the last? Is are the Gallagher's the last rock stars? Now I would argue that that. Uh, American, I would argue that there's a few Americans afterwards, but not British. That's hard to say or quantify strictly because. No, we're, we're talking about attitude. Yeah, but attitude. No, well, I'd, ar- I'd argue I, that Julian Casablanca was a rock star. Yes, I would say that too. I would argue that. Uh, I would argue that. Guns N' Roses I, is still touring. Slash. No, 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 no. They're an older. They're older. They're, they're like band. 83. Yeah. <laughs> Get that through your head. Guns N' Roses is an 80s band. Okay, I know Use Your Illusion was in the '90s, but their their sound is largely considered an '80s sound. I think I think uh, I think from the '90s, let's say from like '95 onward, there's Liam Gallagher, there's Liam Howlett from The Prodigy. Oh yeah, definitely. Hey, a fucking, but he's not a rock and star. And Keith Flint. Oh yeah, yeah they're rock star. Yeah, and they're he's like, dope. I just don't. They're I, like, have you ever seen them live? Fucking unbelievable. Yeah, but I don't, I've never seen that guy in an but interview rocks, or anything. Oh yeah, he's really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's. They're da- I mean, Damon Albarn's a rock star. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I just uh, maybe we're, we're we're digressing here. Just he's just like Liam Gallagher gives zero fucks, and I like that. And he's the king of it too. Yeah, he doesn't give like, a fuck. Like at this point, there's people that try to do that shit, and I think a guy that comes across sometimes, or at least he used to, a little contrived. And I think at this point, his body of work is so large, and he's he's also got a little bit nicer over the years. Ryan Adams was probably like would do that kind of shit a lot, and you'd be like, eh, this guy's just being an asshole. Whereas like the Gallagher's really do that, like especially Liam. Like yeah. Liam's a fucking mess. He does it to his own fucking band. Yeah. Uh, but isn't there kind of an element of <clears throat> why don't you just 
worry about putting an album out or touring or doing something? Well, there no. Liam does. Liam just Liam had an album come out two years ago. It was really good with his with his other man. But you know what everyone wants. But I it's still Everybody funny. Everyone wants Oasis. But, but yeah, it's still funny. He's talking about commonplace. That still makes me laugh. <laughs> was that ninety eight? Like, do you think that Liam Gallagher is the kind of dude that really pays attention to what's going on right now? No, or back then. He probably no, can't remember the nineties period. One of those dudes is just like as as the way like stuff comes yeah. to him, and that's how he but reacts to it. It's funny. I'm surprised the guy's goes, on Twitter. He goes stuff. to Twitter for like Google. <laughs> you know, he probably thinks Twitter's Google. Right. It's ah, uh, he's that's great. The funny. world needs more than Gallagher. Yeah, we do need more. Question though, real quick, because I was watching. I was watching. Uh, I think I was watching their unplugged. One where where Liam actually didn't even show up to sing. Remember mm-hmm. that famously? Yes, he just left them, and then that's and Noel was like, "Fuck it, I'll sing." And then it yeah. turned into a thing. Who do you think has the better voice? Oh, not, no, not who's the better frontman? Who do you think has a better voice? Noel has the better voice, hundred percent. He does, right? Yeah, of course. But Liam has a more stylish voice, oh, but, but he Liam, just doesn't have as good of a voice. But Liam, like, no one can walk up to a microphone with a tambourine and just look like such a fucking oh, badass, like a G. Like no one can oh. nail that still. Like when he walk, when he walk, you just got to watch. Like if you watch any Oasis his, opening concert, his swagger is ridiculous, unbelievable how it's ballsy ridiculous. he is. Ridiculous. Like nobody's come close no. to that. Like completely from the his way haircut? they have the microphone up and. He's like, like just doesn't from his like, haircut oh, to the clothes that he wears to the way he dances. So good. You're right. There's nobody that plays the tambourine like Liam Gallagher. Absolutely, I agree <laughs> with you 150. percent Just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Zero fucks. Gotta imagine it's a pretty small market of. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of lead singers, or it's like the like Stevie Nicks plays the fucking tambourine, and it's usually singers that don't play. Will Ferrell and the Cowbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who else suggests is a favorite is a famous tambourine player? It's usually lead singers that don't play a. a, a Right, like Bono will play it every once in a while, even though he plays guitar too. It's but it's not like a real thing. Like, oh, I'm a tambourine player. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Netflix news. Uh, it's announced today that uh, that Netflix is raising a staggering two billion dollars on top of the existing seven billion to add even more original content to the streaming platform. This coming on the heels of uh, Netflix canceling. Uh, two of their major Marvel properties. Um, what did they cancel? Uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Do you think uh, they canceled him or did Disney? So that's swoop what in? we don't. No one really knows. Uh, Disney has said that Nef- they, there's no that, that that those are Netflix properties, uh, and also too Disney's kind of made it a made it a point that they're going to be just releasing really f- like family friendly content on the site. Uh, these shows that are on Netflix are a little bit more violent and have cussing in it and. Um, yeah, the Disney streaming platform I never thought would be for like all. Remember they remember they own a lot of like they, well, other now they own everything. Now they own everything. I, th- own I thought that the, the Disney thing was just going to be for you know Pinocchio and shit, yeah, you know they own, and they own makes, Pixar, right? Am I crazy on that? Yeah, one? they do. They own do Pixar. own Pixar. Yeah. I got to imagine and they own DreamWorks. And they own- I have to imagine a big point of emphasis in purchasing all the Fox properties though had to be gearing up for this. Streaming platform you're talking about launching. I, no? I I don't think so. I think because they're so good at insulating the Disney brand. There's what Disney owns, and then there's the Disney brand. That it makes sense. It makes sense as a parent. Would I spend fifteen bucks a month on the Disney streaming service that maybe covers all their platforms, or would I pay the six dollars fifty a month just to have Disney movies? I would just do the. Not Disney to mention movies. they're going to have they're going to they're launching a shitload of Star Wars properties on there. They're launching. Uh, yeah. usually on the animated side. But we don't know, right? They're launching a bunch of 
they're launching a bunch of Marvel properties on yeah. top of the existing library. And they have, don't forget, Disney has what three channels on DirecTV? They have and stuff, three channels. They have and all that. And then now they have yeah. all of the. Now they have all of Fox. That's what I would imagine. But that, but I couldn't if picture they, Family Guy reruns being sitting next to uh, Up. They, you know, they wouldn't. Right? I think they, they, wouldn't wouldn't do it. they wouldn't make it. They'd make it a kid's. Why because, do you think that? Because it, I think it would behoove them to do that. Because I, I read somewhere, and I don't know how accurate this is, but um, if you're saying they were, it, probably they, not accurate. But they were jealous <laughs> of the kids section on Netflix because relatively speaking, it's pretty well created for people that have kids. And I think initially, oh, really? if you're you breaking- think so? I mean- it's not terrible. Oh, I don't know, man. It's seventy percent of that stuff's unwatchable. Is it? Yeah, but isn't that There's, Netflix? N- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why would that be a good thing? I, I agree um, that you're right about that. Because I can see why Disney would want to focus on just that market, right? But I think when you're you, it's a huge when you're streaming, you want to cast it. It's, it's, it's kind of the biggest but, but, market. But I'm saying because you're, you're gonna. This is the thing. You're gonna make people choose. We're getting to a point where cable's eventually gonna die. I feel like, or at least get to a place where it's really gonna struggle. Because I yeah, you can I don't know that cable will will ever be completely gone. But there, there's definitely gonna be less channels. Dude, if, you been, if you use Sling, that's what I'm saying. Sling's a perfect Sling. example of what I was but just about to bring up. But that will probably be the new iteration of cable because all you're doing is redirecting your cable channels. channels. But yeah. you get to pick your own channels. How was that? I, I have because <laughs> I only I have every channel on DirecTV. I think I probably watched twelve. Of 12 I have all so. the sports channels on Sling because I don't know how to get rid of them. <laughs> Give me your login. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's interesting because we've we've talked about this. I know we talked about this. We, we talked about this with Chris Louie, where he he brought up that he thought Netflix or that he brought up the quote that Netflix is turning into the Walmart of 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 movies, basically. Because they just release so much shit, and a lot of it's not good. And I agree in some cases, but then lately there's been fucking like like we talked about Maniac is like amazing, great, it's so amazing, and it's such like high level. Like there's not a lot of people that are gonna like that show. Can that's I- not gonna be a show that people are gonna talk about. Ozark is gonna be a show that people talk about. Uh, and that, but and but those are both good examples of shows there, that they've done. I have noticed though, not to cut you off, but I have noticed they're starting to really ramp up the marketing for. Uh, Maniac. I went to LA yesterday, and there's I think Jonah Hill's billboards blowing up right now. Buildings. And- Jonah Hill's having a moment right now, and I think yeah. that's, that probably has to do with it. Um, um, and she's doing all right. I think. You, I oh think, yeah, I think Emma we, Stone's big. I think yeah. we have to like also remember that as Netflix goes, this current real iteration of Netflix is still. Prob- I mean, Netflix is a twenty-year-old business, but this version's a ten-year-old business, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it just takes a little bit of time to yeah. to find your footing, right? And just like. Well, yeah, back to the original. I think, I think we're nowhere near how their heyday. You, totally. And right. Back well, yeah, to the original figure, point. They're going to refine this process. I mean, they've no got question. the cash to do it. What, right? what you're saying about the two billion, it just seems like trying to go out and get another two billion feels like they're just the arms race is coming. It's already been here oh, with races. Amazon yeah. Prime and Hulu we're, and we're, Netflix. But this we're, is we're, like 1960s, like Cold Wars, yeah, Russia. But, like, but you've also got to remember they're they're the market leader by a significant amount. Well, no, not if you count Amazon's no, entire no, business. No, 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 that's exactly what it is. But Amazon it, does that on purpose. They don't hinge their profits on Prime. I, I know. Well, the, in order it goes, obviously Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. The difference between active Which actually, users of Prime just just to know tiny. Disney owns more than half of Hulu now, with the Fox acquisition. Oh, look at that. Mm. Um, so Hulu wonder, sucks though. Hulu's terrible. I mean, they've had some okay shows, Hulu but does they suck. But they fucking it, it's basically you have to you got to sit through commercials. You have to they not really, if you pay for it. 
Right. Well, if you no, I, you there's the four ninety five version which I have. And there's commercials. You can pay the, like the tw- for the fifteen dollar version. It's that's twelve dollars. Twelve bucks on top of my Netflix. That's twelve bucks on top of Amazon. Shit's that's 10 all bucks. adding up. There'll be a there'll oh be oh my a, god yeah. There will be a cull. I probably pay like two hundred bucks a month on subscriptions. There's yeah, that you don't even an, know about. I just looked yeah, at mine the other day. I just what, found out I was I was subscribed to the Boston Globe because I wanted to read the rest of an article. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they I, get you like that all the time. Like, I bought oh, two bucks. I bought one of those Peloton exercise bikes like six months ago, and I didn't realize. After you spend the $3,000 on the bike, they still charge you 50 bucks a month to fucking use it. 50. Oh yeah, because the subscription, because you're, yeah. you're, you're getting the, yeah, the classes. You know what's funny is there's already apps and uh, programs right now to tell you what, <laughs> what you're subscribed to. to. Because I'm the same way. I, I bought all the Nest Cams in my house, in my outdoor, and I was all hyped on it. And after three months, they're like, so now it's $300 a year for us to record 24 hours of footage of this shit. And you're like, oh, that's a great scam. The cameras yeah. weren't that expensive. But now, yeah. here's what I'll say though I'll tell you the one channel that's, that's keeping, and maybe two years ago, there was a question. It, it seemed to be varying a little bit. But this year, like if you, like it's been banger after banger. The channel that's basically keeping it so you have to have cable, even though you can get uh, HBO now, is HBO. Like oh, they're yeah. just like it's there was gangsters. a there was a minute where like HBO were like ah oh, maybe they're 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 maybe their time is over no 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 dude no. they spend but the money too but that's that's the that's the genius point because but they're not reckless like Netflix is Netflix is just that's like what, say. what did you do okay cool how much do you need okay cool make it and you're just give it lit. to me you're, you're green lit. lit you're green cool. lit. No, I think I there's like jokes no, about that. I don't need to see dailies. <laughs> Martin Scorsese, you want to make a two hundred million dollar movie where we're going to make Al Pacino look thirty five years old? Done. Yeah. Oh no! Every studio passed on it. Cool, we got it. We, we got you. There's a reason like for this. Pod stuff. Save America, like that. There's a reason Otherwise, for this stuff, man. There's have a you reason. watched that? I watched a bit of it, um, but I'm more wondering how expensive that deal was because I mean they are in the top ten every week of podcasts politically. It's uh they've gone crooked media has gone from being a four person company to a sixty five person company in a year. Like it happens fast. Yeah, it happens that's, really fast. That's kind of the interesting thing about this whole this whole discussion, right? Is because you have Netflix, which is kind of like Walmart. They just have all kinds See, of shit. I don't think that. And then HBO. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Very, very I don't think that's concise. a fair comparison. Only because Netflix does throw a shitload of money at stuff, but they do it. They throw it at talent. Like everything, all their original programming for the most part. I mean, we use Maniac as an example. Like that, they give that money to Kerry Fukunaga. He's a fucking artist. You know what yeah. I mean? Now sometimes it falls short. Like we talk, we, War Machine's one we always talk about. Like David Michaud's an unbelievable director, but that they probably should have there should have been an EP on set. So, being so like, what's what are your you doing? what's your argument? Because I wouldn't mind owning a piece <clears throat> of Walmart personally. Like I'm cool. My with argument that. is it's not quite the same uh, because Walmart just is just flagrant. I don't think it's quite the same. I think Netflix goes and looks for flagrant and trying it's to dominate volume, the it's world. It's volume versus quality, right? Yeah, I HBO is ne- a Netflix- lot smaller output, but hits it. Well, he's talking about lot. Netflix. What I'm saying about Netflix, yeah, but Netflix has a lot. But I, I was comparing yeah. it to HBO and the HBO every every program. Oh, HBO's almost a boutique now compared to. That's Netflix. what I mean. And HBO, yeah. you kind of. I would say I, Netflix I, is more Nordstrom than. Yeah, than, but okay. like, you can find dope shit there. Netflix doesn't yeah, give okay. a fuck about HBO. No. They it's a fucking mind Exactly. Box. They're trying to go in a different direction. But on the flip of it, it's the quality over quantity argument. For me, I'll watch anything on a net on a, sorry, on HBO. Yeah. At least one episode. HBO's hit a point of prestige where, yeah, you give, yeah. You give shows, everything a chance. Even shows that I'm like, eh, that doesn't look very good. I'll check it out because yeah. HBO like Barry. insecure. <laughs> yeah, like Barry. Barry. You know insecure. What I mean? Like insecure is a perfect example of his show. 
I've watched all three seasons of it. The first season really wasn't was just okay. By season three, it's one of the best comedies on TV. And you, but and, you but kind I'm, of stick with it because you're like, ah, there's something here. And I'm not giving Insecure a chance probably on Netflix. No. Right. No. I it probably would lost, you know in what the, mean? lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And, and I don't think it would be, I don't think it would probably be as good. And know? I still think a giant problem with Netflix personally for me is the way that it's laid out. Yeah. I think they want it to look like they just have this endless catalog. But for me, that's more annoying Net- than anything I'll else. I'm the, asleep what before Netflix, I find a movie. What Netflix really has not figured out yet. They really, where they've, with one thing of, for what's crazy, with all the data they have, with all the controlled data they have, with as much original content they have out there, they really still have not figured out the algorithm for the viewer. That's what I'm They're saying. They're really bad yeah. at that. Like, it's, it's like I had to go, like Daredevil, I watched, I watched most of this week, and I, as somebody who really, was liked, it good? No, no. The second season is awesome. The first season is cool. Uh, the third season, just whatever. But like, I had to go search for it. Like it wasn't even on the it wasn't even on the front page, and it's like, dude, this is like one of your flagship shows. I remember when that was Ozarks a couple months ago for me. I couldn't yeah, it's like not on the front page. Instead, I'm looking at a comedy like a like Ron White or something like that. So let me let me tell you let me tell you why Amazon's going to win this. I think in the long run, I, that, from a business account? perspective, because well, they don't need the business. Well, yeah, and th- <laughs> this is a really important. Yeah. This is a really important part. This is the difference between Amazon and Alibaba, right? Amazon takes out businesses. Alibaba works with businesses, right? Um, and I think that Amazon may have learned a lot from that. There's a whole book that's about to come out about that business model. You can't even compare that because Alibaba is a Chinese company no, and they no, can no, get away you, with shit that. No, no, you have yeah, the regulations. Are <laughs> yeah, a little different. It's, not, it's apples um, and oranges. But what I'm trying to say is uh, Amazon aren't so interested in signing deals for perpetuity, whereas Netflix are only doing deals for perpetuity. So and, when to, you, and to hold on real quick on your point. Amazon does work with a lot of businesses. Yeah, a lot of yeah, their stuff comes no, no, from no, 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 no. I'm just, especially the Chinese I mean, stuff. Ask my wife. You know how much shit comes from China from to my house. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm doing the same thing too. But I'm saying that Amazon, I think, because they don't need to own any of the own the IP long term, will grow significantly. Whereas Netflix just won't do deals. That's why the Disney deal backed out in the first place. Disney didn't want to renew, which makes sense. You're fucking Disney. You don't need to. But even like, I think, I, I don't know how true this well, is, but I heard happened, the minimum is a seven well, year. Well, also what happened too is ne- Netflix was the kid that nobody saw coming. Yeah. And a lot of those early streaming deals they worked out were fucking steals. It's the same as the music. Steals. Com- I mean, same as the record I remember deals. when their sh- first streaming package came out and it was nine ninety nine, And even that, like the, the if you're going to compare it, you want to compare like... Uh, you know, library size from then to now. I mean, it was tiny then. And even then, as a consumer, I was like, holy shit, they're giving us this much for 10 bucks a month? This was before they started doing shows. And, yeah. you know, I remember, then I remember when House of Cards came out and you're like, wow, like there's nothing that this channel will not do. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, crazy interesting to, to, it's interesting to see. But a lot of it too, you have to remember, a lot of this goes to uh, foreign markets as well. There's a ton of Bollywood stuff. It's been a huge push. There's a ton of Chinese stuff. There's a huge push because of, because of the um, the markets are so large, and that's where their expansion is. Really, how much growth is there left in the U.S. for them? There's a lot of uh, investment for these markets amount. too. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, moving on to some main topics. Some new music. We got some good. We we got one good, one good record, and it was. But it's really good. It's really good. Is it? It's Khalid. Is how you pronounce it. Right? I accidentally call him Khaled all the time because Khalid, of DJ yeah. Khalid. So Khalid, Khalid. Re- released uh, eight song EP. 
Um, Which is an album, but next. But yeah, it's, it is basically an album. Um, <laughs> In Kanye's world, it's an album. <laughs> called uh, Sun City. Um, it's fantastic. This is a follow-up to, uh, what was his last? He Young, Dumb, and Bro- or American Teen. Huh? American he's 20 years old, I know. It's nuts. Dude, he broke two years ago. He gro- broke yeah. when he was 18. Yeah. He's a, he's a monster. This 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 EP album, whatever you want to call it, is it's it's so incredible. good. It's so and, good. It's you know so what? primed for like massive popular success while still retaining quality. But not even not even yes, you're right. And everything he puts out, like his worst song, is still a good song. Can I can yes. I tell you what this setup reminds me of? And I'm not saying musically, but bear with me here. Doesn't this feel how it felt? With the weekend I was when he came out with yeah. the first EP, it, it does. It was really good quality. Everyone well, felt it's like it's impossible not to compare the two. They're both live in the same space, and locations a banger. That track is yeah. a banger. But that, that was, was a huge. But, but track. I think I think in terms of the, anyone that was in music or had a real strong interest in music, when the when uh, House of Balloons is that right? When that dropped, it, it was a game changer. And I kind of feel like this is Khalid's yeah, game well, changer. And they're now. both. They're both. If you look at if you look at Khalid, I keep wanting to call him Khaled. If you look at Khalid, Khaled. and you look at Weekend up until really up until the last couple of years, they're not like sex symbols or like really like, nope. they're not like normal looking pop stars. Now I noticed Weekend's been hitting the gym. If you've been noticed on his Instagram lately. It's funny how money Weekend, makes a difference, Weekend, right? Weekend, Weekend has, not been, has not been missing arms day. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> Dude, can I just quickly tell you who has been fucking... Who is working out? You gotta see the new um, the new billboard with Post Malone on the cover. Oh, Dude, so been losing that weight? guy's like losing weight, teeth whitened, skin looks great, taking like, showers looks, now and shit. taking showers. Dude, money changes people. When you can you're have a chef about, and a personal trainer about, on the end, that's the biggest. It's gonna be the biggest face. album of 2018. 100%. No question. I mean, it's still on the top ten. Came out in January. Yeah. Khalid's, Khalid's number two most listened to artist on Spotify right that's now, amazing. right behind so Drake. It's, he's interesting. We talk. So when what label? I don't know. Epic. You want to look that up? But when we sent, how about this? So RCA. when we started, oh, good when for we them. started wow, having, sorry, they're having, yeah, yeah, having a good year. run. They're, 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 they're definitely Brock, doing a good job. Brockhampton and whoa. So when we, when we first started uh, Control for when we first moved into these offices uh, last June, uh, and our first group of riders, these just all dope kids. Some of them still write for us. Some of them have gone off to college, and and uh, Khalid was one of the. Was one of the people that everybody loved. You got to listen to Cleed. You got to listen to Cleed. And he was when he played here. We sent. Remember, we sent a couple people uh, to go see Cleed. Yeah. How about this? I've never even heard of this before. So it was sold out. People were going crazy. Apparently, he ran out of songs to sing because his his catalog right. just isn't very big. And people were like booing him when he when he was leaving the stage. And he had to come back on stage. He's like, I don't have any more songs. <laughs> like that's crazy. I've never even that's heard of amazing. that. So. Yeah, I think this is this is worth listening to. I want to see where this guy goes. I wonder who he's working with. Uh, it's it's like we talked we 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 talked about Usher. I think last week for everything that we talked about, why Usher doesn't hit because because he's just probably too old. Yeah, he's just out of the game. It's now. like when you listen to the Clay album, it has what Usher's album doesn't have because they're both R and B, obviously. Well, there's Excitement. also there's also no though the, the the other problem with the Usher album. But he took too it's long. It's cool, man. I listened to it a couple times. I, I actually think it's it's a pretty good album. It, it got is no hits. You no, can't be usher it, with it. No, it's good, but you yeah, can't you can't go away for that long and not come back with a hit. And it, you can't you're have talking a talking about language. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. In today's the the way that shit works now, you have to be putting out. If you're going to put out mediocre non banger stuff, you got to be putting stuff out every six months or or less. Right. Even if you're but a I monster. Will say, I, what's happening to me now is. 
I'm missing bangers sometimes. Like I went back and was listening to, to, to Tiana Taylor this weekend. That that Love Me song is a amazing song. Mm-hmm. Like amazing song. And that song was not pushed. I, I don't understand how that song wasn't bigger. That's uh, definitely, pro- it's probably the best song of that whole, I think it's a better song really than anything on the, even on the Push album. Um, but it's weird the way this stuff grabs you nowadays because you're just, you're listening to so much of it um, at one time, which segues us into uh, a segment that Seb's going to love. Dun, 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 the decline of SoundCloud rap. So we talked about Quavo's album last week. Beep, 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 the numbers beep, beep. are in. I think hip hop in general, dude, but go ahead. <clears throat> the numbers are in on Quavo's album. Uh, came in way under project- projections. I think it still did like 99,000 units or something like that. That's terrible. It was sub 100,000, which is crazy. Less than, like you said, less than Brockhampton. 90, 95, I think is what you told 90, me earlier. 95,000 units. Uh, for somebody is that has, like, you know, the Migos have a huge, huge following. Yeah. So that's that, that's a surprise. I think they, the projections were for, for it to be in the high hundreds. Um, yeah. On top of that, Lil Yachty dropped on Friday. They're saying that that it did. I don't know if this is true or not. We have to wait to see. Till, but there's there's tweets that are going around saying that he sold he only sold between four and six thousand units on his opening Ooh, weekend. Game over. Not Prince numbers. <laughs> you know what's funny? So real, hold on. Let me get through my let me get through my rant real quick. Uh, so Q, QC is who's behind these releases. Uh, and then there's there's also going to be a takeoff and an offset record released. I I think QC is releasing an album every Friday. Um, I don't know who's next though. Someone who's not a QC artist, but still kind of a part of that movement. Um, Future, who's who's mm-hmm. definitely a, a huge act, even though he had a very disappointing record last time out. Uh, did an album with Juice World, trying to tap into the kids. And wow, that is a medium album. That is a fucking bad record. So that's where I was going with this. Are we? Even though it's not all QC, there's a lot of QC misses here. And and then on top of that, for the entire scene, it it, it does we it feels like there's not a lot of there's not a yeah, lot of energy it. behind I th- it. I man. think I think Quavo and Migos probably just have two hit two three hits in a max. Mm. And you know what? No. Otherwise, well, then no, no. There's no, no hits. Migos, Migos, Migos actually, as a group maybe may, is fine. We'll see. Migos actually has got a reportedly has a single on the new Yandi album. Yeah, well. they do. Uh, real quick side note: the Khalid album. Has seven songs, not eight. So a little page out of the Kanye uh, book there. Uh, it's an EP, though. At least he actually called it an EP. Yeah, it is versus, an EP. Seven versus songs Kanye, an EP. Versus Kanye just releasing the seven-track album. Uh, I agree with you, Seb. I think, I think this is the beginning of the end. This is the decline of... It, it's never. It's not going away, but this is, we're feeling. The, I feel like we're at the peak. We, we we're in we, 2007 we, right now. We're yeah. in 2007 for dubstep. <laughs> we passed the peak of dance music, like where dance music was, and now it's just it's a we're we're. Trying to dig our heels in as we're going downhill, and it's it's not it's going to be a it's just too much content, not enough demand, and you're looking at it. I turn no, on, there's when plenty we of demand. On, there's too much content, not enough quality content. Okay, you could you could label it that way too, but I'm just saying I turned on ironic, isn't it? I, I was quality control. I, so Juice World, I really haven't <laughs> True. figured out. I mean, obviously, that's been Will's guy from the beginning. His streaming numbers are massive. He has a huge following. Lucid Dreams has been in the top five on Billboard and he's or top huge ten on for like SoundCloud. Almost huge a year. on SoundCloud. I think he's the I think he's the number one SoundCloud artist. Uh, Another problem is SoundCloud's having a really tough time right now. That's probably not helping the movement. Yeah, maybe. But that like that future that future Juice World album sounds like one long song. Mm-hmm. There's no difference between that sound. 
And it doesn't sound any different than, honestly, than Future's last record. All of it sounds like where Electro House was, where it all sounded the same, same and everyone was just ripping each other's oh, yeah. sounds off. All of it just sounded like everything that was spinning records was just like recycled stuff and it all sounded the same. There's no creativity anymore. People are just throwing, throwing stuff out, out because all the eyeballs are on it. Which the, the annoying thing is that that's the problem that I have and I don't feel bad for any of these people whatsoever. Like you, <laughs> you're not stupid. I mean, like I, I would listen to that Quavo album. There wasn't one real hit on there and he's not a dummy. He has like his, one song that you're like, I could see but why people like, would play this, but it's not bad. But that's bougie. what annoys me. Then it's just a play to stay relevant and you're fucking killing yourself. Whereas really, if he disappeared for three, four months and came back with like a, like went into the studio, did the fuck, worked with songwriters, came out with a fucking banger next year, it would have probably done better for him than what I read Not even that, but how about what, what always drives me crazy about guys when they have peak eyeballs on you when you're that big, take risks. It took risks to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. I hate when people get there and they just they, but they put feel out, the pressure, right? But you feel the pressure. Go out and take a risk. Go do something with someone else. Like I know you're not a huge fan, but the Young Thug uh, sample of the Elton John song was yeah, dope. At least I, I'm with you. Uh, like I'm go out and like with, yeah. roll the dice. Wor worst case that happens is people say that was whack. But if you put out an album that you can't discern from the difference between every other album that's in that movement, that's worse to me. Yeah. I'd rather you take a risk and fail. Then go out there and just put out some generic garbage that doesn't really change the game. Right. I heard something. I heard something over the weekend, and I can't confirm this, but they were saying that it took back um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is uh, it's definitely Seb's and my favorite, one definitely. of my favorite hip hop records of all time. One of my favorite records of all time. Much less Kanye's best record, but it took Kanye somewhere between six to eight months to to finish all of the lights, which was the first banger off that mm -hmm. album. That's fucking crazy when you think about it compared to the way hip hop is made now. If that's true, if it really but did take him eight months. That's the difference. That's the fucking difference. It so. really is. Well, that's the really that's the lasting twenty year difference. That's and it. you want to last? Totally. Do that. That's the difference between hits and, and non -hits. not hits. But Kanye is a perfect example. Like we're still talking about him. He's not making hits anymore. He, he he earned I that still, right by making still, so twenty. I'm hits, still you know? gonna say, I'm, and I'm, I just need to keep saying this. As much as I thought, Ye was just mediocre to bad. You got Ghost Town was a hit. Love Me was a hit. All of Pusha's album was amazing. So you can't say that the guy's not making. But was a hit is different than a hit. There's a, a lot of songs that I've worked on. They'll go down as some of the best songs of 2018. That no, hits. nothing like he's done before. No, nothing no. like he's done before. But let's be let's be real. After you hit 35, who makes bigger records than they did True. prior? I mean, I get it. I'm with you. Um, Sometimes I think you just got to be Rod Stewart. I don't think you call. I don't think you can quantify Ghost Town as a hit. It's a great song. It's still like 72 yeah. million streams. That's not a hit. It's a, but once again, he's he's him. a weird anomaly. He's but he's a weird anomaly, man. He doesn't. He, his streaming numbers are nowhere near p the the bigger like Drake's or even. I think like future and stuff like that. Like those but guys, which is why really it's on the. That, well, that's not true. I mean, he's got. But those songs, half a billion on a lot on songs, songs that are older. Yeah, yeah. But but that's. But that I mean, just means I mean, I mean, if you looked at like 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 how many streams does does uh, in my feelings have? Oh, that came out. That came billion, out seven probably. months ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Six months ago? No, less. Four months ago. But um, but what? Not to get on that ramp, but we're talking about. But Kanye. we are going to a little bit. We're not talking. We're talking about Kanye for all the wrong reasons. That's the difference. Yeah. So we're going to talk 
a little bit about Kanye, but in the form of Pusha T. So last week we talked about Drake's appearance on the shop, mm-hmm. the LeBron shop. And there were some things uh, that we said about it. Um, there were some things that we said that were both, uh, in- that we thought that was both um, interesting about the interview and both kind of fake about the interview. Um, right after that, obviously Drake, you know, mainly went at Kanye, accused him of, of stealing his release dates, kind of accused him of, of a lot of things, right? Like stabbing him in the back mm-hmm. about stuff, accused him of, of telling Pusher about his son uh, that Pusher would later use on a diss track. Um, and then obviously Drake said that he, he did come, he did, he did come back with a, with a, with a track and he never released it. it. But so Pusha T who, who actually has done a lot of press since Daytona, or at least has done a lot of appearances, whether it be musically or not, hasn't talked about Drake really at all since the, since Adidon. (laughs) Since he bodied him. Pretty much. So he goes on the Joe Budden podcast, which is interesting for a lot of reasons. So Joe Budden, if you guys don't know Joe Budden, he's a '90s rapper. Mm-hmm. He came up in the he came up in the uh, in the New York scene mm-hmm. in the late '90s. Uh, came up came up with the Def Jam crew and Rockefeller and Rockefeller, very good battle rapper, um, a ton of street cred. Had 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 what one hit? He really had one, one big hit. hit. Like it was a big song, which what pump pump it up or whatever. Uh-huh. But he was he was a he was definitely like a mainstay in that scene. Big track. It's <laughs> a pretty big that's track. A, that's a DJ favorite. Oh, it's a, it was a big track. I mean, and he had other like mild hits throughout his career, um, and, but he's still a very respected artist. He's retired now. Joe Budden has since had a, had a show in Complex called Everyday Struggle, which was which was an inter- which was an interesting format with DJ Academics and uh, what's her name, Nadeska. Uh, where was kind of the beginning I saw of the older heads really dissecting what's going on with hip hop now. Uh, the very first interview is with Lil Yachty, where, where Joe famously yeah. goes at him way too hard. Um, Joe's an interesting dude. So he, since then, he's left He's left Everyday Struggle. He has his own podcast. He has a show on Revolt that's kind of weak. Side note, both of those guys are not as good uh, not together. I agree. I completely agree. And Joe's better talking shit dissecting older yeah. acts or newer acts uh, based on his experience. But anyways, a good, it was just a good pairing. But yeah, yeah, I agree. But. So... Joe now has a has a pretty big co- uh, podcast, an exclusive with uh, with Spotify, and and Pusha T came on for a two and a half hour podcast. Pretty amazing. And he talked about everything. He literally talked about everything. He literally answered every single question you could possibly have, whether it be about the Drake beef, whether it be about Kanye, whether it be about how he feels about Kanye, whether it be about Kanye's relationship with Drake, how the the good summer happened, mm-hmm. the surgical summer happened. Um, and it really makes you like Pusher even more. Can I give Pusher props here, dude? So intellectual. Like I wish. How smart is he? Fucking so. I would have never have called it. It's a, it's a really good. Because interview. when when he came out with his record, I remember we were talking about like I remember I asked me asking the question. I'm like, really? He's the president of Good Records. Like, what does nah, that mean? You can see that now. Though, now right? you can see it. Now you understand totally. it. Well, he even explains it on the podcast, like his his he's deal. Yeah. See, but I, I he's always been super savvy because if you if you yes. look at what he's done leading up to this, he well, did stuff that was cool. He did the track with Steve he's Angelo. Managed to survive. Yeah. He's managed to survive without having oh, well the 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 clip song with Pharrell was really big. But other than that, he hadn't had really any like massive hits. He had a ton of street cred. And then totally. obviously, like people like Kanye, just like you know, lo- love. You can see why people like him. Yes, yes, he's he's a very likable dude. So he goes in. I mean, where do we even start with this? So basically, well, they jump straight into they the jump Drake straight thing. into it, right? So the Drake thing, basically, he says Kanye didn't tell him that actually it was uh, it, the, the information came from, from Forty, 
who was the person who 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 he actually from a chick. Who, yeah, but Forty is 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 the Drake's producer, producer that has multiple sclerosis that he makes fun of allegedly on the on the track. So he basically throws that out there that it didn't come from Kanye, which is fine. That that we, you know whether it did or it didn't, it doesn't doesn't change the doesn't change the the volume of that of that diss track. Uh, but where I thought was really interesting was the stuff in in that how we went about the 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 nuances of Drake and Kanye's relationship. Yeah, even from his perspective, he kind of like how whack it is. Oh yeah. So I definitely don't think Drake is completely wrong about some of the things that he was accusing Kanye of after hearing Pusha's explanation. Yeah. I mean, because it basically sounds like they have like the a weird. Yeah, I don't know if I mean, it's a weird relationship, but I, I also understand like the whole idea of like release dates and like when you're two of the biggest artists in the world, you kind of do share that information. But it, I did come out of that thinking that Kanye fucked Drake a, a little bit more early. Well, it seemed like I can it went see both why. Ways. Well, I can see why this all fucking. It felt to me like Kanye started this. Yes, that's how it felt to me. It definitely did. It definitely felt like Kanye started this, but they had been throwing subtle jabs at each other way before this. No, and he did explain that, but I, I, I in in terms of the most interesting parts of that beef, feel very Kanye driven. Well, how interesting well, was it when he? Go ahead. Just take take for example the guy wearing the MAGA hat doing his whole thing. He's kind of taking pages out of his book, right? Like that's the number one artist in the world right now. Well, we all kind of agree that Drake's kind of the number yes. one artist in the world. Yes, he's t- he's going for the guy at the top because all that does is put more eyeballs on yeah, your brain. I think Drake has. I heard a long time ago. I'm just going to use this analogy. I heard uh, Artie Lang, the old uh, yeah. the comedian, the, mm-hmm. he used to be on Howard Stern, and obviously was kicked off Howard Stern for his heroin addiction. It's amazing on crashing, by the way, and and awesome. And uh, Howard Stern's never been the same, but. I heard him say something about Howard Stern where he said that Howard Stern has always had a weird issue with acceptance and because he came up as like a rebel and how people didn't, you know, never said he could make it. And he mm-hmm. was always like an outsider. And mm-hmm. now he's to a point where he sees other people. Uh, I, I remember he specifically used Jimmy Kimmel as the example as like hosting the Oscars. And like he knows, Howard Stern knows that he's better than Jimmy Kimmel, but he doesn't understand why he's not as accepted as that. And I think Kanye might ha- kind of have that same complex complex with Drake. Is that like Drake's the biggest artist in the world, but you can't argue that that Kanye's not more influential or more important to the way music evolved. Yeah, but Kanye's got so much more of a repertoire behind him. Yes, by like thirty songs. I mean, like well. Who's had more hits? But but on both sides, I don't of know. It, Drake. No, definitely. Well, here's Kanye. the difference. Socially and politically, he's taken some really interesting stances. Where if you are a, a giant company or the Oscars or the Grammys, you couldn't. If I was in charge of finding the host for one of those platforms, I couldn't trust Kanye no, it, to make no, the decisions right. that would be the best look Dude, for look those. Look at Kanye just when he was when he did his acceptance speech at the VMAs two yeah. years ago, and it was like a train wreck, and he really wasn't doing anything like crazy in it. You but never it was know still what you're going to get. That just wasn't good. Like he just is not a very you know. He, anyway, he's a really smart dude. He's just not very articulate. No. I don't think anyone. Yeah, and this goes for like. Giving giving him a slot to perform on the Grammys, like you don't know what Kanye you're going to get. I mean, it literally it's, it might not just be controversial. You might actually end up with the house on fire. Whereas yeah. exactly, like, whereas it's Drake too far gone. Whereas Drake, Drake you Drake's, know what you're going to get. Yes, Drake's well, not going to set the house on it's fire. It's going to work. People are going to love it, and you're not going to put yourself in any kind of jeopardy where you got to yeah. cut quick I'll the t- commercial. I'll tell you or this too. I mean, here's here's the comparison. Drake is a singles rapper. 
Like yeah. when you really look at it, like name a Drake album that's like, you know, that's that's you know, you could you go to go down the list, Wu Tang. Like you can name what's the Wu Tang album that you can't live without? Thirty six chambers. Thirty six chambers. Yeah, like that's a hip hop forever. <laughs> Jay Z. What's he's got like three Blueprint. of them. Like three of them he's got. Uh, even Eminem, you know, Marshall Mathers. Mathers. You go down the list, like Kanye, 808s, Twisted Fantasy, uh, I mean, Graduation. Graduation. You, Light Registration. Can you name one Drake album that you're like, damn, hip hop cannot live without that? Now you can no, name Drake one. singles. Maybe the maybe his mixtape that got him, I mean, what was that mixtape called? Oh, that was good. The, uh, the <laughs> what's that one called? The one with Passion Fruit. More Life. More Life, More yeah. Life, yeah. But that's what, but, that's, not, but, yeah. That, but that just goes back to my, Tired argument. You guys are probably tired of hearing. He, he's a pop star. Like, there's no real pop stars that I'm. I yeah, can't but pop live stars have big albums. I mean, but Michael Jackson had Thriller. Okay, yeah. Name something no. in like that's not 30 years old though. Like recently, uh, Taylor Swift, 1989. That's like yeah. one of the best pop records albums from front record. to back. It's a great pop. the Ron Adams from, That's a great. That's <laughs> that's undercover dog. TJ yeah. knows about that uh, that record. I oh, played yeah. I played the fuck out of that thing. I could live without all Taylor Swift music personally. But. Nah, nineteen eighty nine is a great pop record. Get out of here. Um, that's just not for me. It's not that she's she's a massive talent. It's just not for me. I would never put a Taylor Swift record on. The other thing that I found interesting about that came out in there is the way he talks about the recording process with Kanye and the way it went down. And, you know, because Joe calls them out on what happened. He calls them out on that. the Nas album and he calls them out on the Tiana Taylor album. Yeah, I remember. And he calls, he goes, that. come on, there's no way. He, he goes, I know, like, there's no way Nas was cool with that album. And Pusher says, he goes, no, Nas was there laying down the vocals to the beats. It wasn't, wasn't a mailed in thing, con- pop, contrary to popular belief, because it sounds, the vocals don't right. make sense. Uh, they talk about the Tiana Taylor album, how Tiana Taylor kind of got fucked with the marketing budget. And the seven tracks, which she's she's expressed a little bit, um, but he basically said that Kanye is all about energy, and if you come in the studio and you don't have energy, he's not really interested in recording with you, right? You know, and that makes sense for somebody like him. That's you can ask a lot of good producers. Even her partner Chris would say, "Yeah, that. you can't because you, there's nothing to feed off." It's of. well, it's so important that what kind of mood someone's in yeah. when you come into a studio. It's and the producer doesn't make the record. That's a, another thing that kind of. Shit, man, we do a podcast. That's man. another they're, thing that, like, I also feel with there's these days when we're tired. Can I just tell you, as as uh, surgical summer has officially come to a close, um, as it not even being summer anymore, um, I think we're also holding this way too much on Kanye. We forget well, that the producer, we are holding on Kanye, just and, takes just well, as supposed no, to make no, better no, what's no, there. Because Push even says it in the in the interview. He asks, he asks, they ask him about. The whole decision-making process behind the, the seven tracks and the five straight albums. But then and you Pusha shouldn't says, do that. He says that's a Kanye question. No, for sure. That was Kanye's choice. But that's like Pusha a terrible. Had as 12, an artist, could you imagine if your producer? Well, that's why. Was that's why a lot of charge. people were pissed off. That's why yeah. a lot of people were pissed off. That doesn't happen. That's because, a terrible idea. Because according to this, you know, Pusha had um, he had an album already recorded. He had twelve tracks done, mm-hmm. ready to go, and he wanted to release it. And Kanye had just kind of come out of. Uh, I think this is right when he had either come out of. Uh, rehab, rehab, or if he had come out of uh, the, when he had gotten fifty one fifty, but he was like, "Let me, let me make, let me read your record. I'll make but, it better." But that's it. I also, is a classic. Like, but isn't that like also down to the artist? Like, why would you go in the studio with someone that just got out of a fucking mental? Well, you don't really have a choice. If you're the, a good artist, though, if you're a good artist, when I say, good, I mean the record label. Do you really have a? How many of those? How many of those acts have the leverage to say no to Kanye? Seb, you and I talking. You've talked Nas? about none of them. Nas is not a good. He wasn't a good artist. Yeah, but I'm saying. I mean, you're, Nas you're, is the only one. But you're, he needed that 
that like that was a, did he need it? Yes, yeah, he, he needed did. it. Yes, he did. and you've made this point at nauseum at this point, talking about how artists' first album, yeah. it's it's all the years of of everything, heartbreak, heartbreak everything, and, everything yeah. and then your second album is a year and a half later. That's why the sophomore. You can't really argue production wise coming off of fifty one fifty and coming off his addiction problems. Mm-hmm. It all the talent is there. You know what I mean? He actually had something to say. Yeah. Like, and those, yeah. And you like can't he's say, worth a half a million dollars and all this stuff in the Kardashian empire and all that stuff. And then like, he actually had some controversy and some really hard chips yes. happened to him. Yeah. So like there was a lot, Especially you could feel. Especially working with Cuddy. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people, yeah. you know, that seemed the, like the a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. That seemed like a really good idea. Uh, I, I, and, and you can't, there's nothing wrong with those beats. And nothing wrong with the production albums. on that. It's uh, it's just maybe the decision making on the way that the the vocals worked and and how about the decision making on the fucking songs? I mean, it's just like the songs in that whole series. There's only a handful of good songs. Well, you know what I think it was after hearing which is all right. after hearing that after hearing that interview, at least with Pusha, the reason why Daytona was so much better than everything else was I think Pusha knew what he wanted, and I, yeah. I have a feeling well, like they said like Tiana Taylor, she wasn't even supposed to have an album. And they they when on the very first trip to Wyoming when they started working on Pusha's album. Kanye found seven samples for her. But I think this is where the artist and Kanye, this is where I think the best way in, in if I'm an artist and I want to work with Kanye, it feels to me like Pusha said no sometimes, right? Well, I think he's also in the position Whereas to say no. Tiana Taylor wouldn't not say, say no. no. And actually now you're talking about it, Nas wouldn't say no, but you probably get the best out of Kanye. Watch the throne. You know that Jay was on control well, of that thing. Exactly. It had some quality control. Yeah, you're it. not going to say, you, Jay, Jay, so maybe Jay the best way just is, as much. So maybe working input, yeah. with, the secret to working with Kanye is somebody that can say no. And that's why well, I could imagine, now after hearing that interview and understanding Pusha's process and his mm-hmm. diet, even just his dialect, is like it's fucking rad. Way better than I thought it would be. There's no world in which I live in where him he didn't go tit for tat a few days with with Kanye. Oh, no and that's question. probably why. But you think? I, but I guarantee, and I'm sure Nas could have probably but, done it too. But I, I just I think not. From what it sounds really. like too, like Nas has been having problems like with Khalid. Like you saw that whole rant with getting his kid taken away, and he probably just wasn't in the headspace to make a record. I think Kanye, if someone like I think Kanye genuinely respects Busha. In yeah. some cases, probably looks up to him. Yeah, you know, and that—that's probably the difference. And Pusha was, you know, he went in there to make a record, and and he knew what he wanted to sound like. He obviously wanted more songs, but then he says he's got a new album coming out in January, which is right. which is rad. But I think it's interesting. I, the other point I think was really interesting they made, and why it was so interesting to hear Joe Joe Budden specifically talk to Pusha T was because he makes the point that like Pusha T is a specific type of rapper. He's not a singles rapper. Right. And he's not a pop rapper. He's a street rapper. And like he, it's just bars in the way that he can, he, but he's one of the few rappers of that type that he talks about his live performances. He can control, he can actually like has the charisma to, to still control a show right. and to put it out. And it's that, that's very hard to find. But wouldn't you class Nas as a street rapper? Yes. But actually I've seen Nas a but few not, times. But, like, Nas sucks but, live. It, no, it's it, not good night. Well, but, in but my what was the venue? How big was the venue? It did, when he did three nights at Terminal Five in New York. It was how, like, how, uh, how big was that? How big of a venue is that? Six thousand. Yes, yeah. I think you go over twenty five hundred people in any hip hop show. It's gonna suck. Are you five thousand? Unless you're Kanye. Unless you're Kanye. Because you put so much what money if, into the production. You, what if you hung a Lambo from the ceiling? So let's talk about that. Is that you a Ferrari? 
Is it a Ferrari? Drake is just Shout out to a- Willow Perrin though, the stage designer and all that shit. The, the stages that we talked about, the stage looks insane, but like, that's just how cheesy Drake is. I don't He's know. got nothing to say. Excellent. I, I, I got to say that. I think it's Excel- cool, you'll, man. You'll appreciate this as an ex-manager and a fucking promoter. Excellent, excellent fucking use of fucking uh, arenas where they get rid of all the standing. Yeah. Well, the, oh, know, they and they build the stage in the middle oh, for the smart. whole length of what the standing stage is. This is, this is means yeah. you're going to sell out more. Mm-hmm. Um, every, tickets. You're going to sell more. Well, I don't know if you, I I mean, you if are you technically more. get, but yes, because yeah, in traditional settings, while the, um, but, the floor will always sell out, you're always left with parts of where the stage is, which doesn't sell out. Here, so you probably actually are selling more tickets, uh, actually. I know you. I know you think it's corny, but I just think it's it's part of. Listen, we talk about it all the time with the creative agency. Everyone wants to create that shareable moment. That's why we have the ice cream museum. That's why we have mm-hmm. all these things where people go and it's like interactive, and you get your photo and you can post it to your social media or your Instagram or whatever. Even the photos that I've seen, everyone's got their camera up taking photos of that thing. I, I understand people thinking it's cheesy. I definitely saw it a lot. But but Drake is but Drake's art isn't highbrow. Okay, right. his art is more. He tried, I, but not a, he doesn't think that. Can though. I? Can I tell you he what thinks was? He's killing it. I, I, he, but he is. It's just for the he masses. Is killing that stage show is pretty. I think it's amazing. Um, I, I will say that what I did like in that too is, and anyone that doesn't know the the booking side of the music industry, when you go on tour with bands, uh, the opening act will you will you know you can't use the main lights, you won't get strobes, you don't get CO two. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you're the opening act of something, you really can't. Like the fact that Drake let Migos use use the stage to the f- full echelon of what yep. that stage is built to do was pretty rad. So that means that show was like a proper three and a half hour show. I mean, like well, he he but, also but, that, but just also, that's rare in Migos, general. Migos is the opener. Like normally, normally no, Migos no, is a headliner. No, I know. I know, but it, does, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Saying, like I'm, even I'm if sh- you're at a festival, put it this way, even if you're at a festival, you get way more stuff being the headliner mm-hmm. than you do just being the one under it. The production always you, changes depending on- ser- I mean- Like when Seb was managing Rusko, he and White opened, like we basically played in the corner. He was yeah, yeah he wasn't allowed. <laughs> he wasn't allowed. Like, I'm um, kidding, but not. Yeah. But no, you're, to your point, I, I think it's- I didn't know that. And that's really cool that's that cool, they man. actually did that. I reckon that's a two-day set build as well. That's a big fucking stage. That's like you, that's a U2 size production. And most of the time it might be guys, bigger. And now. most of the time when guys do that, it's mostly because they want all the shine on them. For him, he's that's him saying, like, I I don't care. I don't care. Do I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not worried about I'm yeah. not worried about them and they should have a good look too. Because you're right, Migos is super hot right now. Dude, and but Migos is not doing the size. And you know that Kanye is fucking jealous of fucking Drake. Oh, yeah, he is. That's exactly what all of this is, though. Kanye but is definitely jealous of Drake because Kanye feels like he I can't figure that, out why Drake is this popular. Yeah, that's the way like all told, his actions I told you, are. I told you guys. I, I can't remember if I said this on mic or whatever, but Kanye, I think Kanye's whole thing is like he harnesses. He harness. He's try, he harnesses these jealousy. Like I'm sure Jay Z. Same Jay-Z, creative director. Though, I'm which sure. Is crazy. I'm sure it was Jay Z prior yeah. to that that he was jealous True. of. You know what I mean? Except the, the only difference is with, with with Drake is that they're they're he's Drake's actually a. Uh, I mean, they're he's not older than him. You know what I mean? But that's right. the thing. Drake's leaning into the, like what's popular right now. Like the Bad Bunny track Drake's is terrible, but out, I understand why he Drake did it. Drake knows figured, how to play the game. Exactly Drake's figured and, out exactly. And Kanye's getting older and more out of touch, but still trying to be cool. Let me put this into perspective it, in, in a way that you'll understand sports. Ooh, let's see how this Drake goes. Drake is LeBron. 
right? Okay. Yeah, I've heard this analogy. And Kanye is Jeremy Lin. What? No, that's not the analogy I heard. <laughs> I heard I've heard that, that Kanye's Kanye's Jordan and Drake's LeBron yeah. is what I've heard. Okay, yeah. Jeremy Lin's like a backup point guard at this point. That's not fair to Kanye. That's that's a horrible analogy. Joe Budden might Tom be Bradley. Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Um Juice World might Do you want to do you want to talk about the Rufus album? Or do you want to say for W's and L's? Uh we can say for W's and L's. I, I still are we gonna touch on the last topic here or no? Yeah. Okay. Let's cool. let's touch on it. Let's let's talk a little box office. Uh Halloween. The movie. Yeah. Massive fucking massive opening. Seventy six million dollars. Weekend gross. Biggest opening. Seven, but who cares? Biggest opening of a horror movie of all time. Well, I'm looking at it through the 21st. Maybe you're looking at it through the 22nd. Biggest female-led, right, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Biggest uh, for a, an actress a, over, leading actress over 50. Like, the, the stats are pretty fucking amazing. Hold yeah. on, let me read them out to you. Uh, da, da, da. Biggest horror opening with a... Biggest horror opening ever with a female lead. Biggest movie opening with a female lead over 55 ever. Second biggest horror movie opening ever. Second biggest October movie opening ever. And uh, biggest Halloween opening. So wait, it was first biggest, then Venom? Ven- Venom was number one at 83 <laughs> so two million. two this month, yeah. basically. One and two. Yeah, there's, but the box office is back. But the biggest one is biggest movie opening, period, where the lead woman is over 55. But you know what that is, Shane, is it's a... But I don't think it has that much. I think people wanted to see it because she's in it, but it has more to do with the franchise. But, but yeah. movies are still the cheapest form of entertainment. I saw two movies this weekend, man, and I was I was so excited What'd to go see? both times. That's what I mean. It's both still of them like were just okay. I saw I, Old Man and the Gun, and I saw Bedtime's El Royale. I can't go to movies as much as you, and I'm jealous of you because of that fact. But when I do get to go see one, it's like it's, it's a great awesome. experience. I man. love it. It's a great experience. And, I, and even and even like I w- I saw Sicario two. I didn't get to see it in the theater, and I saw it on my TV, and yeah, it's just you, not the same, man. Yeah, you didn't need to see that in the theaters though. No, nah. It's just nah. it's a pretty cool flick both ways. Yeah. Um, uh, Stars Born actually, uh, it actually leapfrogged Venom. Uh, did twenty million again, uh, totaling at one twenty six in its three week opening. Fuck yeah. Venom at number three at eighteen million, totaling at one seventy one, and then it just falls off after that. Um, the monster. Stars Born, the one thing that we didn't talk about last week, we're gonna say anything about Stars Born until Jason season is like, oh my god, uh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> When he comes in wearing that hat, have you bought that hat yet? You're for sure buying that yeah. hat. You for sure went to Nick Fouquet and like, give me the Bradley Cooper hat. <laughs> it's funny because my girlfriend has old Nick Fouquet hats. Um, you know that she fluctuates between girlfriend and wife on this podcast. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. It depends. Or misses. <laughs> misses. <laughs> the woman. Um, Technically my wife, but The only really. interesting thing about this Halloween movie Baby coming mom. out. Common law. Is, is that Danny McBride wrote it. Otherwise, I just, I. I what are we talking about Danny now? McBride wrote it and uh, what's his name that drew, that created uh, you spent it down with him directed it david what? uh what do we do about movie halloween oh, really yeah well, what you yeah mcbride wrote it mcbride and david did Gordon, you go see danny no, mcbride wrote it yeah the, the comedy danny yes. McBride wrote this halloween yes and the guy that, well, that, that wrote and directed uh you spent it down with him directed it i can't think of the guy's name david uh it, it's not surprising though because comedy is the hardest thing to do and comedic and writers are usually really easiest, intelligent guys and horrors horror is the easiest thing to do yeah, of all, yeah, of all the but I mean, writing wise, yeah, I mean, it's such a wow, risky. It's I think it's a risky move. You think so? Yeah, it's, for uh, a studio, it's a kind of a I mean, to do the the probably the 
It wasn't yeah. a it wasn't a big budget. It was a fifteen million dollar budget. Fifteen? Yeah, it's Blumhouse, man. They oh, just yeah. print money. Oh, Blumhouse. David man. Gordon Green, yeah, directed it. Wow. Written by Danny McBride. Um, good for Halloween. Good for the. Vo- I'm just happy for the box office. It's good for the box good office. Good for Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, dude. True lies. Was that ever real? Remember the rumor oh, that she was gosh. born with with a uh, hermaphrodite? Yeah, that was when I first learned what a hermaphrodite was. Was when yeah. somebody told me it was Jamie Lee Curtis. It was that rumor that circled heavy, and then the one that uh, Marilyn Manson had his rib removed to oh, suck yeah. his own dick. Yep. <laughs> and that he was Kevin from Mr. Belvedere. That was pre-internet viral. <laughs> Both of those. <laughs> Which you could have just looked up right away if the internet existed. That's how <laughs> different it was. Like You could have just done, it would have been so easy to be a con artist like 20 years ago. Right? Like You could have just done anything. Like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> well, it's like, you would uh, just wear scrubs. Catch me if you can, yeah, right? Like yeah, that, exactly. That, that could never it. happen now. Oh, God. Someone's doing a background check so fast. Uh, let's do W's and L's for the week. Jason, why don't you start us off? You got a, you got a W that you're just I'm, so happy to talk about. I'm giving a W to Rufus Soul as, in my book, the greatest thing happening in dance music and has been for the last couple of Those years. Those tracks they've been dropping are from a forthcoming no. album or yeah. the album's out? Forthcoming album. They've I think they've released three singles now. It sounds like Troy Sevian to me. It's not bad. I like the song you had today was good. It's not They're bad just at all. It's so it talented. Like w from me. What's that? It's a W from me. You like you guys both like it? Yeah. I, it doesn't I, to me it doesn't really sound like dance. It sounds like pop music to me. It's good. It, like I you had think no it idea. sounds poppy? Poppy? Especially that song you played this morning. I mean it sounds very Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. Really? Oh, like, I don't like that. Like, like really? Like uh interesting. Uh what huh. was the big Swedish House Mafia? Don't you worry. Whatever don't you well, yeah. Like a mixtures of talking Really? I, and singing, I think it's a little bit more. I think it's way more indie than That was way more. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. When's the album coming out? I couldn't tell you. I, that I I'm don't sure know. sure they don't know. Probably tomorrow. I think they're playing <laughs> Three Nights at the Shrine next month. This is the how big, is, how getting big, back together. How big? Like, finally? Are they finally doing yeah, it? Yeah, Steve posted something. Are they today. releasing an album or is they just, know, just, just a, a cash grab? Silhouette of them. So it probably means fucking nothing. Um, uh, <laughs> can, I give, can I give an L? Yes, please. Gotta give an L to Juice World. Juice World. L. Dude. We all agree on that I'm one. I'm giving a little What a right. Who else can say they've rise, risen? And crashed in the same year. It's pretty I impressive. I, I think I feel like this is more on future than it is Juice World because he's the bigger act. Uh, because Juice World fans are probably still going to like this record. It sounds to me like I his other think shit. It is. I think the numbers are speaking for themselves. It's I only been out for a couple of days. I, that's it'll be next week. It'll be interesting to look at. Yeah, Let's see. I'm cool. Little Yachty's getting an L right from all of this. Little Yachty. I'm going to call it as well. I'm going to call it now, especially for. And I'm going to. And I'm a. I know he's not going to listen, but Coach K is a fucking such a nice dude, and he's been incredibly intelligent. But these uh, quality he knows, control, though, he knows he's riding it. He's I'm giving it. quality control an L for for not, no question not doing the quality control on Quavo <laughs> no or, or Little Yachty. It'll be funny if out of all three of those Migos, if if uh, take off. if Takeoff has yeah. the big. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He's he's probably the most talented from a lyrical standpoint. But it would be funny if that the dude that what that wasn't on Bad and Bougie gets mm-hmm. gets gets the hit. Uh, I don't have you. I don't have any L's this week. I've got a few W's. Uh, Matthew Weiner, Weiner, I think is actually as pronounced. Creator of Mad Men, uh, pretty much the sole creator of Mad Men and, and writer of Mad Men, uh, has just started to release uh, his first series since Mad Men, The Romanoffs, mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. It's fucking genius. What's it about? It's, it's, they're like hour and 20 minute long vignettes that all have to do with the Romanov, famous Romanov family from Russia, whether it be, they were the, they were the, they were the ones that mostly got murdered in the last, uh, 
like the last Russian dynasty, basically. But there's still like, you know, has to do with, uh, like the first episode has to do with a dude living in Paris that's trying to, that's waiting for his, his aunt to die. Uh, so he can he can inherit her. It, it's like Mad Men, where it's not really about a lot. If you ever watch Mad Men, it's just amazing character development. It's one of those things where you're like, at first you're like, yeah, this is kind of boring. You're like, wow, this is really fucking good. So it's three episodes in. Um, I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving that a W. Uh, as well as um, I'm giving Netflix a W, man. They just picked up. Um, Gimme de Toro's long been in the process of making a stop motion version of Pinocchio. Sounds fucking amazing. Sounds like something that Guillermo del Toro would be amazing at. Uh, Netflix is forking over the cash. Going to see finally see. How does that work with Disney? Uh, I think Pinocchio, like we talked about, I think Pinocchio so, is uh, is, uh, public, is domain. public domain. Wow, story's old enough. Yep, yeah, it's not a Disney story. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, so be interested to see. Uh, That's be really interested cool. to see Guillermo del Toro's. Is the Pinocchio. Lion King yeah. a Disney story? Oh yeah, that came out in the eighties, guy. Yeah, Lion King's a Disney story. That didn't happen. <laughs> I saw one of my favorite memes this weekend that said, even at 33, during the stampede scene of Lion King, I have to leave the room. <laughs> so true. Um, I think next week, we uh, Tom York's Suspiria. Uh, Tom York's on. Tom York's Suspiria's uh, soundtrack is coming out. Original soundtrack is coming out. So we'll, we'll have that to talk about. Oh, cool. Hopefully, uh, Liam Gallagher will have something to say about it too. <laughs> Probably not. It may be Will in 2036. <laughs> <laughs> What's this Suspiria shit? <laughs> Where's Karma Police? <laughs> what album is it on? I don't have Google on the phone I'm tweeting from. <laughs> Do you think he sells a Blackberry? I think he probably, yeah. I don't think he ever had a Blackberry. He probably has a burner. <laughs> Flip phone. All right. Neon Black. <laughs>